0: unofficial Bengals podcast.
1: Welcome to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. So this episode is going to be dedicated solely to the draft, and we're going to review everything that happened in the draft. Tom McLeavy is going to stop in for a McLeavy minute, which is going to be dedicated to the draft. And we're also going to have Huday Analyst on, and he's going to speak on some of the draft picks, the pros and cons, and the ins and outs in some of these guys. I'd like to thank our sponsor, at Bengals Highlights, on Instagram. Great highlights, set to some really cool music. He's already got most of the prospects up there with highlight reels from them, so it's definitely something you guys should check out. All right, on to the 2020 draft.
0: 2020 draft picks.
1: I confess, I watched all 17 hours of the draft this year, and I am so beyond thrilled at what the Bengals did. We're going to remember this draft for a long time to come, I feel. They grabbed the franchise quarterback. They grabbed the skill position receiver. They grabbed the three linebackers. They did well in the undrafteds. It's just a really good performance by the upper management for this draft. And again, I'm very, very happy. Also want to say that the unofficial Bengals podcast mock draft was pretty accurate. I predicted the quarterback. Obviously, we all knew that. Wide receiver, offensive tackle, three linebackers, I said. The only thing I got wrong was the defensive end, which took a lot of people by surprise. I thought they were going to take an interior lineman. The tackle that we grabbed, I think, is going to swing over to guard, but he was a left tackle in college. I told you guys, I'm going to keep doing the research. I'm going to keep being prepared. I'm going to bring all the knowledge that I have of this team, and I'm going to keep it real with you guys. So as far as a grade for this draft, I'm going to give the Bengals an A-minus. Now any draft that you grab a franchise quarterback, especially one with the credentials and the record and the personality of a Joe Burrow, you have to give the draft an A. The reasons for the minus, three of the guys that we drafted are coming off fairly significant injuries. Now that's something that haunted us in the past with Ogbwehi and Price, so I wasn't really thrilled about grabbing guys with an injury history, but the guys that they did grab have a lot of potential, so I'm not going to totally fault them on that. We got a little hamstrung in this draft because when the 33rd pick came around, of course we wanted to see them grab a linebacker or a tackle. But at that point in the draft, I don't think there was any guys worthy of that selection. And I didn't want to trade back and get a lesser player. They grabbed the best receiver on the board. I believe that Higgins is going to make an impact with us for years to come, especially learning under A.J. Green. I would have liked to seen them trade up to get a Patrick Queen. San Francisco was really aggressive. Of course, Baltimore ended up getting Queen, which I I hated, but that's just the way it goes, just like how Pittsburgh jumped up and got Devin Bush last year. So the Bengals have made a lot of improvements on how they approach the roster and acquiring players this season. They went crazy in free agency, which was a big step. In the draft, they didn't reach. They took best player available. So those two things bode well, and it seems like they're more forward-thinking now than they have been in the past. The only thing I'd like to see them get a little more aggressive with is trading up for guys. Maybe they didn't feel that Queen was worth the pick, but I wanted to see them kind of jump up, grab one of those big linebackers, because if if we would have ended up with a Higgins, a Queen, and Burrow, we would have been calling this the best draft in history. The last reason for the A- was we didn't address tackle, and again, that was more circumstance than not wanting to. There really weren't quality tackles when we were picking there were better players to take so they did the right thing in that regard but we have to be prepared for the tackle position this year we have jonah williams and bobby hart and yeah bobby hart's starting i know a lot of people were high on fred johnson but he might be a year or two away from being a productive starter so it's going to be williams and hart this year and i'm fine with that but if one of those guys goes down we're going to be in a little bit of trouble or if jonah williams takes a while to adjust to the nfl there could be some problems there. So it would have been nice to have a little insurance policy by having another good tackle. But you can't get everything you want. I mean, we got the franchise quarterback. We got a great receiver. We stocked up at the linebacker position. They grabbed best available when they could. I have no complaints with what they did this year. I will give them an A- because of the factors I mentioned. But it's a proud A minus. i I'm really, really happy. And I think this draft is going to set us up for the future.
0: Round one, Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU.
1: Joe Burrow, what can you say? Best year that a college quarterback has ever had? National championship, Heisman trophy. Look at the way this guy conducts himself. He's got swagger, he's confident, but still likable, not like that jerk cocky. He's, he's a good guy. He's hardworking, comes from a working-class family. He's sitting there at the draft on a couch with his mother and his father. You could feel there was a humbleness to him. And all he wants to do is get to work. What was his quote? It was enough talk, let's get to work. I see him as someone that's going to be constantly trying to improve, caring about nothing but winning. He's going to be a leader. We need someone like that. We need a winner at quarterback. We need someone who's going to come in and say, I'm going to carry us, and there's nothing that's going to get in my way to carrying us to where we need to go. I really believe in in this guy. I'm very, very happy that we drafted him. Everything checks. You look at the tape on him, it's extraordinary. He's got a good arm. I know they say not elite arm strength, but with the accuracy and the decision-making, knows how to win, refuses to lose, and he's going to own the locker room. You could just see the way he conducts himself. I could not be happier. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine a couple weeks back, and I had said, I wonder if I'm ever going to see a Bengals Super Bowl in my lifetime. It was starting to feel a little bit hopeless. Now that he's on board, I think that could be a reality. Really good pick on Burrow. I'm glad they didn't trade down and get a lesser quarterback and stock up on a bunch of picks that might be 50-50 if they're going to be anything. I couldn't be happier with him on our team. I don't buy a lot of jerseys, but I think I'm going to buy a Burrow jersey.
0: Round two, T. Higgins, wide receiver, Clemson.
1: T. Higgins. Now these are the fun picks. I love when we draft receivers and quarterbacks and running backs. You know, skill position guys. Of course you need to build the roster from the lines. We all know that. But it's exciting when you grab the best receiver available. And I saw the tape on him. He's going to be like another A.J. Green. I love the fact that he's a Bengal fan. And I like how he broke it down. and was like I was a big fan of A.J. Green. I always wanted to meet him. And now he's going to get to meet him. And AJ's going to man up. I think AJ's just going to help him, show him the ins and outs. And what better guy to learn from than your idol and a guy with a similar body style and a similar skill set. The tape on Higgins is amazing. It gets you excited when you watch it. And again, he's another guy. He's not watching the draft with his posse and his girl. He's watching the draft with his family. You could see nice, humble kid. He's going to be good for us. Temper your expectations on the wide receivers. First-year wide receivers don't necessarily go Pro ball. It takes a little bit of time for them to get adjusted. So in year one, if he's not totally lighting it up, don't get down on him because it's just a, a growth period. Come second, third year, forget about it. And you throw him into that receiver mix with everybody that we have, that's dangerous. I'm glad they didn't trade Ross either. You have a bunch of basically basketball players all over the field at wide receiver. And then Ross is a 5'11 guy who can just burn so that's going to be a lot of matchup problems for teams because they're going to need the height to to measure up against the outside guys what Tate is 6-5 Green 6-4 Higgins 6-4 Boyd 6-2 that's not small either so it's going to be very difficult for teams to match up with those four guys and then you have Ross in there too who's faster than anybody excellent pick by the Bengals offensive tackle linebacker yeah they were needs but you grabbed a player that's probably going to become a superstar
0: Round three, Logan Wilson, linebacker, Wyoming.
1: Logan Wilson. I imagine that you guys saw the same tape on him that I did. It's very, very impressive. And when you saw him at the draft, getting drafted, it was really cool. He's there with his family. You're pulling for the guy. He's definitely going to push for a starting position this year if he stays healthy. When I looked at the scouting report on Logan Wilson, one of the main things that stuck out is he's a good tackler. And if you think about the guys that we picked up in free agency, and then you draft a guy like this, you're getting guys that can tackle. We're not going to be dealing with a lot of those missed tackles that haunted us the past couple years. They're deliberately grabbing guys that are good at tackling, and this is going to be one of them. So really happy with his skill set and happy with his tape. The things that I'm slightly concerned about, and I'm not going to be a naysayer, I'm pulling for this guy. There's no reason why any of us should be rooting for any of these draft picks to not do well whether we like the pick or don't like the pick. Logan Wilson, I'm a fan, my man. A couple items that I wanted to bring up is he was a former defensive back in high school and he converted to linebacker. I have the philosophy that linebackers are born. I don't like the guys that are a little bit too big and too slow to play DB that hop over to linebacker. I'm a little bit of a purist when it comes to that. I like to see a guy who's kind of born for that position and goes to it. But Logan Wilson was a linebacker throughout college. So I'm just going back to his high school years when he was a defensive back. Kind of just wish he was just a, a pure linebacker his whole life. But I'm not going to ride on, on some theory that I have. I'm going to believe in him as a full-time linebacker. Again, good tackler. Went to a smaller school. Wyoming doesn't necessarily play the same competition as the SEC. So that was another thing. I, I, you always root for those SEC guys. But you, there's other guys that are around that are good that need to be drafted.
0: Round four, Akeem Davis Gaither, linebacker, Appalachian State.
1: Akeem Davis Gaither. You gotta love the tape on this guy all over the field. I saw him knock down passes. I saw him sacking quarterbacks. I saw him eating up running backs. A little undersized at 225, like 225 or so, but a a fiery player that we thought was probably going to go a little bit earlier than this. Coach's son, captain, like most of these guys. So you got a, a guy who's used to being a leader, which we're gonna welcome into the locker room. You know, it might take aside from Burrow, it might take the rookies a year or two to actually become those vocal leaders. But we're stocking ourselves with them. I'm glad they picked up this guy. He's gonna be an outside linebacker. Feels like he has a little bit more of a penchant for rushing the passer than he does for going into coverage. But from the tape I saw, it looks like he can do both. Again, you might be looking at him as a special teamer in year one or year two. Year one and year two until he gets a little more acclimated to the NFL. But I'd like to see him maybe put on a few pounds and be one of our linebackers of the future. A little bit of a concern. He was one of the guys that I mentioned earlier that is coming off an injury, a a foot stress fracture. But he's going to have plenty of time to heal before this season gets off the ground. So very happy with this pick. The more linebackers, the merrier. It's going to be good for that room. And I believe he's going to make the 53. I I think that goes without saying.
0: Round 5. Khalid Karim. Defensive end, Notre Dame.
1: Khalid Kareem. I'm gathering that this is the pick that most Bengal fans are upset about. But they did grab him for a reason. Another coach's son. A captain at Notre Dame. That's pretty respectful in itself. And I saw some highlights on... At Bengals highlights on Instagram. He was eating up people. Now, I see him more as a first and second down defensive end than a guy that's going to be on third down pass rushing. You know, when you have Hubbard and Dunlap, you bring in Lawson at the edge even maybe Gaither, it seems like these guys are going to be more put in the position to rush the passer than Khalid Kareem. But you do need those first and second down defensive ends that can stop the run and set the edge. The other thing about Khalid Kareem, he's got long arms. You need that on the outside. You need those guys that can keep the tackles off their bodies. So he's got those, those kind of traits. I'm not going to be down on this pick. We're a little thin at defensive end when you think about it. I mean, Andrew Brown is the four. Kareem might be pushing him for that for that roster spot Or joining him you know, off the bench Again, the concern about Kareem is He has a torn labrum that he's recovering from Takes a little bit of time Usually guys can recover from that And pretty much live up to what they were I just don't like to see these guys coming out of college injured already Because he's going to face guys in the pros that are a lot bigger And have a lot more force than the guys he was banging around with at college Regardless of that, I'm happy with the pick
0: Round 6, Hakeem Adeniji, Offensive line, Kansas.
1: They coached him at the Senior Bowl. He is a tackle. I know when he got drafted, we're viewing, oh, they're probably going to put him in the guard mix. And they may, because that's what they did with him at the Senior Bowl. But he was a four-year starter at left tackle for Kansas. So he is a left tackle by nature. And you know what? I welcome that. I, I think that we're set at guard. Maybe he goes into the mix at guard and swings out to tackle if we have any kind of injuries or any problems, but it's good to have that kind of versatility. Now, he's 6'4", 302. They might want to have him put on a little bit of weight and stick with the guard position. As I say, 6'4", 302 and saying a little undersized, those are pretty similar specs to Jonah Williams. Obviously, he doesn't have the same kind of technique as, as a top 11 pick in the draft like Jonah was, but it's nice to have a guy who at least is familiar with the position because if we have problems with injuries there, we're very, very thin. I'm going to put him in the guard mix, but also hope that he can kick out the tackle in case of emergency. And you got to like the fact that he was a four-year starter. He shows durability. He's going to be a good addition to the roster. You can't have enough linemen. And if he proves to be better than one of the guys that we have, then the room just got better.
0: Round 7. Marcus Bailey, linebacker, Purdue.
1: Marcus Bailey. Now, this is the guy who's got really good tape out there. I know Jeremiah said second-round tape, and when you see the footage, it it looks like that. Two ACLs, obviously a concern. I like his mentality, though. He was like, hey, I have two brand-new ACLs, so I'm ready to go. I'm rooting for this guy. I don't know. There's something about him, something about his ethic, the footage that I saw, the injuries, the personality that I saw in in limited fashion. He's really likable, and he's someone that you're going to want to root for. And again, you can't have enough linebackers in that room right now. Let him stay healthy. Let's make sure that the ACL is totally rehabbed before we pop him out on the field. Might take till year two for him to be a factor. But if he can stay healthy and stick around, we might have something here.
0: Undrafted free agents.
1: All right, listen, I'm not going to be the guy that hangs on the rim and claims to be the expert. I'm just happy that they did what I hoped and predicted they would do with the undrafted pickups. What do you do? You add a couple more linebackers to that mix. That's exactly what I wanted them to do. I said grab two to three in the draft, grab two to three in in free agency, and what do they do? They pull in five linebackers to add to that room. It's going to fix the problem. It might take a little bit, but they made every attempt to get bodies in there, talented bodies, and fix that problem. Excellent job, Mr. Tobin, Mr. Brown. Excellent job. And what else do you do when undrafted free agency? You grab a running back. You know there's a good one that falls. You grab a receiver, which they did with this Scotty Washington guy. I only saw one clip, but he went up over two guys and grabbed the ball. Another six-five guy, another basketball player on the outside. Don't discount this guy. He may, might be a practice squatter. And then what else they do? Grab a couple interior linemen on offense grab a couple interior lines on defense, take a flyer on a tight end, and then they grabbed a corner with an Ivy League pedigree. Might be a special teamer. You never know what's going to happen there. But exactly what they needed to do in undrafted free agency. You fortify the interiors. You know those undrafted running backs can probably come in and be functional, add to the linebacker room, take a flyer on another big wide receiver that probably should have gotten drafted. Excellent work. So in closing, I'm going to say that this draft is 100% going to make the roster better. We'll work on getting more tackles. We'll work on getting a superstar linebacker. We'll work on getting a top flight tight end. Those are probably going to be addressed next year. You never know what happens in free agency. You never know if an Andy Dalton trade might produce one of the positions that I just mentioned. But this draft is going to set us up for a long time. Even if they would have just drafted Burrow and nothing else, that's enough for me.
0: McLeavy Minute.
1: All right, we're here with Tom McLeavy. Tom, how are you today?
0: Good, friend. How you doing, pal?
1: All right, man. How you feeling after this uh, phenomenal weekend that we had?
2: Man, you have to feel rejuvenated as a Bengal fan. I think they did phenomenal. Instead of calling this the McLeavy Minute, maybe we ought to change it and say the Mel Minute because uh, that mock draft I gave you, I banged two out of three picks on it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> nice. Better than most, my man.
2: That's why drafts are crazy, because you have no idea who's fallen from the first round. I love the way that the Bengals stuck to the pick. They didn't trade down. They get fourth and a seventh pick. They stayed at the top of each round and took the best available player. It showed with T Higgins. Nobody would have thought they were going to take a wide receiver at number two. Great pick. It just shows that they stuck to their board. A lot of times that they would reach because, like every pundit out there, they need linebackers and they need offensive linemen. At number two, they they had a lot of them there, but they chose to wait and take the best player available. And the team him with A.J. Green... Tyler Boyd, uh, hopefully a rejuvenated Ross, and Mixon out of the backfield. That offense is going to be explosive if they can keep Burrow standing. They got the weapons now on offense. I love that they went linebacker, the guy I said, Logan Wilson, speed. Speed is the name of the game, and now they got linebackers with sideline the sideline speed with the guy from Appalachian State at four, Wilson, and even the seventh-round pick. If he pans out, not a starter, but a reliable backup.
1: What do you think about Joe Burrow?
2: With Joe Burrow on top of the draft, he just wreaks confidence. I think, finally, there's a true bona fide leader. Palmer was a good player, but he was too quiet. He was like sort of, I think he felt reserved. He didn't want to step on anybody's toes. Hopefully Burrow comes right in, looks right every guy in the huddle and says, this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to succeed. It just blows my mind how many LSU players were drafted in the first round alone. This isn't going to be a playoff team. In 2020 they're another year away but a good draft like they just had going into this season if they go seven and nine we're on the right path the following draft we can maybe put the nail in the coffin and say okay now we're knocking on the playoffs. bengal fans got to be realistic that this is just a start hopefully they get at least three to four starters off of this draft and that would be great
1: who was your favorite draft pick of this year
2: I'm gonna have to go with T. Higgins. Uh, uh, it was sort of out of the blue. I when I saw the draft falling, I started having DeAndre Swift in my mind. You know, that's at the top of the second. They're getting a first-round talent that falling to them. Then taking T. Higgins with the A.J. Green situation with the contract and so, and plus, while watching the draft, Frank. I started hearing the experts point out that at LSU, Burrow had five guys going out in receiving routes. They're going to look at the LSU tape and take some plays to make Joe Burrow comfortable. And using the plays that he did at LSU, now with the T. Higgins selection, they can send out good quality receivers to get open.
1: Tom, really excellent takes as always. You're definitely thinking out of the box, and it's, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show.
2: Frank, great to be here, and congratulations. It is great to be a Bengals fan now.
1: I hear you, man. Good talking to you, bro.
2: You too, buddy. Take care.
0: The Unofficial Bengals Podcast would like to welcome Houday Analyst.
1: All right, I'd like to welcome Huday Analyst to the show. He's got some pretty cool opinions on the draft this year. How are you doing today, Huday?
3: i I'm doing great. How are you?
1: All right, man. What are you thinking about this year's draft?
3: So, I'm just going to start with the first pick. It's easy. Joe Burrow's an A+. There's really no explanation needed. Franchise quarterback, you don't. You shouldn't pass on that. T. Higgins is a first-round talent, in my opinion, and I'm so glad we took him over Denzel Mims because he brings that experience to the table in high-risk games. And Higgins' play style to AJ Green is pretty similar, so he could be a successor. He has a huge catch radius. He is a red zone target who could catch over everyone on the field. Only weak thing about him is that he didn't face much competition in the ACC, and his ability to separate is a concern. Hopefully, T becomes a great player for us and learns from AJ. And I'd give that an A grade. Logan Wilson is a sleeper in the draft. We dropped it in the sixty-fifth pick, I believe. He moves really well and he doesn't give up on the play and does a great job making reads. On his weak side, he's not set on blitzes often, but I mean, we drafted a Keen Davis Gaither, which I'll get to in a second, and he should bring our linebacker core to the next level, which we needed for years. i give that an A grade. Akeem Davis-Gaither is a steal in round four at a round two grade, and many people expected him to be our third-round pick. He is long with a big tackle radius. He doesn't hesitate to attack and has edge versatility and is a good coverage linebacker, and that's a huge need for us. He probably doesn't have the size to help us on the edge, sadly, with taking on the quarterback going around the big offensive tackles. Uh, was my 60th overall player in my top 80, and we drafted him at 107, so I give that an A-plus grade. Khaled Kareem is said to be a bad pick as a fifth-round pick among a lot of Bengals fans. Everyone wanted Natay Mouti or some other offensive lineman like Tyler Biedas, but I can't trust Mouti with his injury history. And then Biedas is just not athletic enough to bring to that next level. But Kareem recorded 10 sacks last year from Notre Dame. He's strong in setting the edge well and has good football IQ. He will being a few rotations this upcoming year, and I give it a B-plus grade. Akima Denneji, I think I pronounced that right, (laughs) was a a great pick at 180. Should add competition, strong with good lateral quickness and drives feet in run game. His weak side is that he gets his hands too wide and his footwork gets a little sloppy, so I don't think he'll be ready to play yet. And then Marcus Bailey is a steal at 215. Had a fifth-round grade on him adds depth to the weak linebacker core which is now a potentially good linebacker core strengths and coverage ability has and has sideline to sideline range his weak side is being a smaller linebacker for a position that has some injury issues all for all i give him an a grade and i give this whole draft an a grade.
1: wow that's some really good analysis huday You know, I appreciate you bringing this insight onto the show because, as I've said before, I'm not a big college football guy, so you're bringing in a lot of opinions and insights that I haven't really seen myself. So, you know, this is really cool. I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, thanks.
1: All right, my man. I'll talk to you soon. That'll do it for this episode of the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Next week, we're going to return with a bunch of our regular segments like Top 5, Blast from the Past, McLeavy Minute, and Roster Analysis. I'd like to thank our sponsor, at Bengals Highlights, as well as a bunch of the other pages on Instagram that support the team, such as Zim Huday, Stripe Hype Bengals, Westside Huday, Huday Analyst, who is on our show today, Bengals Talk, Bengals Captain, Huday Nation News, and Bengals Center. I'm going to continue to highlight these great pages as the podcasts go on, so hopefully we can just keep building this great Bengals community. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca. And I'm a Bengals fan for life.
0: The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.